But a lot of times it comes down to these three things. Are we going in the right place? Do we know? Do we have the right people on the team? And are we creating the best environment for them to grow and do the things that they want to do? You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Wednesday, so this is our hashtag one thing episode. Sangram and I discuss various topics that are applicable to you and our community, like personal development, trends in the marketplace, big wins, big mistakes, and more. Here we go. Welcome back to the Flip My Funnel podcast. I am James Carberry. I'm here with Sangram Vajray. Sangram, how are you doing today, man? Man, I'm fired up. This is uh, this is going to be an interesting topic, something that I've been thinking about for the last four years or so. Um, <laughs> and and I, I think, uh, and, and it, it's still still a pursuit, really. It's not something that has been hit the hit a hit a milestone uh, of of grandeur but i feel like this is something i think about and and i think most people noodle on it so um, i'm excited to chat about yeah. it and share uh, share our thoughts yeah so talking about this magic triangle um you know the, really the idea the concept of servant leadership um you know leaders leaders at the bottom employees at the top um talk to us about kind of when were you first introduced to servant leadership as a concept and and then and then we'll we'll dive into some of the the three specific things that that you guys are looking at at terminus to really implement servant leadership yeah uh that's i mean it's something that i think everybody talks about you look at you read a book like uh, Peter Drucker uh, on the most effective management practices, or you, you go all the way uh, to, to the Bible, right? And, and you mm-hmm. think about all these areas, years, thousands of years, and people look at and say that, hey, what's leadership? And people try to define leadership. And it comes down to the same thing. It's it's not just you. It's a team. Uh, you have to help others to grow. And if they grow, then you grow. All those things are just true and tried over and over of many, 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 many years. So I think it's nothing new. What's what's interesting is that it's really hard to formulate, formalize, and and then figure out if this is something that you can do in your organization. So I have not been able to put a formula in it. I've not been able to to really figure out the major areas to focus on every single day. But over the last three, four years, as we build as a co-founder terminus, I felt like there were three main areas where we have invested a lot of time and energy. And it has continuously been the way we have looked at our company from a growth perspective or major decisions because we had no idea uh, sometimes what to do, which direction to go. And every time it, it came out, it came back to a few things that really mattered. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you, James, it's it's not a cookie cutter approach, and I, I do believe that there's some magic uh, to how companies are built and run. And hopefully, one day I'll, I'll figure it out to share. But today, I think we can share the the makings of it. Yeah, and and so the the first piece of it is we were talking about it offline, saying, you said is the is the mission statement. Talk to us about this one. Yeah, so it's it's funny. We uh, and Eric Spett, my my co-founder and CEO, does this really really well. He makes sure that every single Tuesday when we meet as an organization, we recite our mission statement. So I'll pay hundred bucks to anybody on this podcast right now if they chat uh, or tweet 
or call anybody at Terminus and ask for a mission statement, you will get a mission statement that's verbatim and it will be consistent. And mm-hmm. the reason I say that is, is, is not to like, hey, we got a cult here, but it was more that, hey, look, if everybody knows where you're going, together you can go farther and faster. If everybody knows where you're going, you can go far, further and faster. And I say that with a lot of humility because it had, there have been days where, where we have felt as a startup company in the early days, I don't know where we're going, are we pivoting, are we changing? And we had to always come back to this notion of what are we trying to do? What problem are we trying to sell? What mission are we on? And, and that became a really, really important part of it. Um, and I'll give you a classic example. Imagine you and, and your entire team is sitting in a meeting, and, and that happens every single day in, in every single organization. And imagine there is senior executives on the team um, that have a lot of pull, and they can make decisions and push the, the conversation in their direction. And then you imagine yourself as an intern, or imagine yourself uh, sitting in that room as a, as, as a newcomer or, or someone who's not high on the leadership career ladder. So, mm-hmm. so you're sitting in it, and you feel like, hey, look, it's not going in the right direction. I think there's a lot of personal uh, agenda here involved, and, 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 and we are not necessarily thinking about it the right way. I think one of the best ways to, to interrupt that conversation is by saying, well, you know, in, in a classic way of saying is that, well, what problem are we truly trying to solve? And if you do that, you're going to look as the smartest person in the room, first of all. And the second is if you recite the mission statement and say, hey, look, guys, our mission is to build the best in class, blah, 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 or, you know, building a community of X, Y, Z, whatever it is, if you recite and share your vision or your mission statement that you guys have for the organization, it brings everybody together back to the center of it. And now you no longer are having a conversation of here's what I want to do. Here's the conversation changes from here's what we need to do in order to move the organization forward. So that example has happened in front of my eyes a hundred times throughout the year. And it has been one of the most gratifying moments because I've been on the other side where I've been in, in a, in a, I'm in an influential position in the company. So when I say something, a lot of times people would take it and say, oh yeah, Stangram said it, let's do it. And that probably happens in many organizations, but time and time I get challenged saying that, hey, do we really want to do that thing? Because it doesn't really seem consistent with our, our mission statement. And it makes me stop and it makes me wonder and it grounds me back. So I feel having a clear mission statement for your team, for your function, for your company could really be a game changer to avoid all conflicts that happen at a personal level and get everybody back to where do we want to take this organization. I love that. Really articulating the North Star, what are we all chasing, and then and then bringing that up as often as possible. The fact that you guys have you know, 100 plus employees and that you could ask any one of them what the mission statement is and they'd be able to tell you is, uh, is really special. Uh, it's something that you guys clearly uh, communicate you know any any time you possibly can uh, the the second piece of this that we talked about this part of this magic triangle Sangram, is, uh, is is people so we we just talked about the mission statement now I want to spend some time talking about you know, the people that are a part of that mission talk to us about this so people are by far your greatest assets in an organization. There's nothing that happens if you don't have people. And we all know that. We all recognize it, Recognize No matter how many people are talking about AI and bots taking over the world, uh, I feel like we're, we're far from that. I think, I think people still rule the world and are at the top of the food chain. So with that being said, I, I feel like when in organizations that I've been part of, I've seen people fall into you know, 
almost like two different camps. One camp is where they're hardcore believers of your vision and mission for the organization, and they're just going and running for it. And then there's a set of people who are really, really talented, and and we hire and people hire them because they're really, really good at what they do, but they don't really connect with the higher purpose and mission. And when given a choice, I would always hire somebody who believes in the mission more than the person who is more talented. And I say that because when you have people that believe in the mission, they they may not have the smartest ideas or the best things, and they may not be the most uh, talented people in the world, but what they have is they have this idea of one team. They have this idea of that, hey, you know what, this is where we could go. And when, and it happens in every single organization where there are mission critical initiatives or projects where you need people to go that extra mile, I tell you, the people who believe in the mission and the vision will go that extra mile without even asking. Yeah. And and that's yeah. a game changer as opposed to people who are very talented and smart but don't believe in it as much as they believe in themselves. That's when you have individual uh, heroism that happens as opposed to a collective team effort. And I tell you, the magic, the magic triangle, the magic of all of this is the people believing in something and moving in that direction very, very clearly. Have you have you guys figured out a way to hire for that, Sangram, so that the only people that you're bringing into the organization are people that are excited about the mission and what you guys are chasing? Or is that something that's really tough to figure out until after they've already you know, been embedded into the, into the org. So we, we do a few things and, and we're learning and we're on a pursuit to just be better and better at it every day. Uh, we, we talk about our core values and uh, like it's the only thing that matters beyond. We assume, we assume, so we, we don't have 50 core values that goes through integrity, honesty, and all that stuff, because we assume that that is something that, that, that we just want in people. We, it doesn't need to be on a wall somewhere that if you're, if the person is not honest or does not have a high integrity or if it does not have work ethics or, you know, all those things, if they don't have that, then you're not hiring. So, yeah. or, or talented in their own skills, then, then we, we're probably not, not looking at that person at all. So for that reason, we don't put that as part of our core values. Our core values are really simple. There are two. One is one team, which means these, this person, whoever that person is, needs to be an incredibly amazing team player. And if they are a great team player, that is a much, they get much higher points. And based on their experiences, we just look at that. And the second part is keys to the Ferrari. This is the part where we want people to think like one idea can change the world. That, you know, the way you think about stuff, it, you know, it, it really matters. So, so if you think about it in the context, the, the core values are almost opposite to each other because one team means that everybody needs to be done together and keys to the Ferrari mean you got to try different things and fail. But really what it is and how we explain it internally is one team is the way you behave every single day. You, you don't want to behave in, in, in a singular manner, trying to go off the rails and do crazy stuff that your organization is just not going to support you. So one team is about how you behave. Keys to the Ferrari is how you think in that context. So mm-hmm. once, once you figure out how we behave and where we want to go as a team, keys to the Ferrari is like, well, I want to think about the best way to, to get the best amount of the, the, as many people at a conference together. So I'm going to try five different ideas. So the overall vision of the purpose is very clear. Everybody's bought into it. But how we go about it and, and, and the, the keys to the Ferrari is just new ideas and stuff whoever is in charge of that project has the keys to the Ferrari. They want, they are allowed, they, they're encouraged, not just allowed, I'll encourage 
to do things that could be a game changer and that have a very high likelihood of failing, but that's okay because as a team, as one team, we have agreed that that's our goal and we want to do as many different things as possible to achieve that goal. So we just have two uh, seemingly uh, kind of opposite core values, but together they become very, very powerful. I love it. I love it. So that, that I think feeds us into this third piece of the magic triangle really well, because the third piece is, is culture. Uh, talk to us about this one. Yeah, man. I think uh, Peter Drucker had a quote that says, uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And, and that's something that is tattooed inside of my brain uh, every time I think about it. And, and then I, I'm, let, let's just take a step back and think about it. In a leadership role in marketing, sales, or any organization that one might be today, we all know that it's all driven by people, relationships, and, 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 and culture really drives it. And of all the things, and this is something I learned at Pardot when we went to the acquisition and I was at Salesforce, Adam Blitzer, uh, who, who was one of the co-founders of Pardot, he, would, he said this over and over again, and it really, really made a ton of difference in the way I think about life uh, from a company perspective, is there could be any amount of crazy things happen in the world. There could be the stock market can go bad. Your competitors can, can do some crazy stuff. You're, you know, all of a sudden a new company just pops out that's just more innovative than you are for whatever reason. Or, you know, you're, you're somebody in the team or employee, or you may not hire, may not be able to hire the right people. So whatever, there's something can go wrong any day, any time that you just can't control. But there's one thing that you can control is your culture. How you respond mm. to that? Uh, what kind of traits that you have inside of your organization? And I'm a big believer that, you know, customer is not king. Customer is, is something obviously that we, we all want and we, that, that drives the business. But really, if you treat your employees, uh, and we call terminators at, at Terminus, if you treat your terminators the right way, they will treat the customers the right way. That will yeah. eventually get give you a great value for the organization. So I believe that by focusing on the mission where everybody knows exactly where we're going, don't know how, but know exactly where we're going, hire the people who believe in, in that mission more so than themselves, because that's what you know working as a team really means, and then build a culture that just fosters that belief system, that fosters that ability for people to have keys to the Ferrari, that fosters the ability to think about them as one team every single day and, and in every single way can really, truly change the game. So, so I believe a combination of these three things is something that, as a leader, you can focus on because you may be in so many decision-making meetings every single day, but a lot of times it comes down to these three things. Are we going in the right place? Do we know? Do we have the right people on the team? And are we creating the best environment for them to grow and do the things that they want to do? Got it. What do you What do you think are some of those key pieces to that culture? You know, you hear a lot of people kind of bash on the typical startup. Uh, you know, oh, we you know we don't have ping pong tables, and uh, <laughs> you know, and 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 you know, a, a stocked refrigerator all the time. And and I've been in a you know in a in a lot of startup environments where that you know you see those things. But I think I think it's it's because they've I, I don't know they they. I don't want to shortchange those things. Those things obviously, you know, create a certain type of environment. But but what do you think are are the critical factors in kind of making up that culture? Oh, I I am <laughs> I, I think I'm I'm so glad you asked that uh, as, as our parting question. 
Uh, I do not believe that ping pong tables or, you know, bean bags or food on the table uh, can can do anything at all. I, I believe that whatever happens in the organization is way beyond that. What happens is how you treat other people and how you behave around them, what kind of opportunities are getting created for them every single day. Are you allowing people to move into different positions in the organization? Are you putting a leadership uh, program in the company that allows people to, to try different things and, and grow? Are you really investing in their personal and professional growth every single day? Are we doing events that are beyond just organization? Do we all stand for a higher pause than whatever might be your status quo conversation that happens in, in the daily day. I believe that's what culture is. Uh, when we started Terminus, you know, I remember as co-founders talking about, let's build a place that we want to come work. Mm. And that's what we should focus on. So every day, we just try to make sure that we are just closer and closer to that and, and not, not further away from it. I love it. Sangram, this has been fantastic, man. Uh, this idea of the magic triangle, servant leadership, I feel like a lot of folks talk about it. I feel like you put some really tangible legs on on this idea so that people can go out and and, and really try to implement it in their organization if they're not already. Um, uh, I, I want to I wanna make sure, I don't think we've talked about this uh, recently, but if you have not already left a review of the Flip My Funnel podcast in, in Apple Podcasts, make sure to just pop open the app. They've made it, you know, the, with a new Apple Podcast app, uh, the, the updates that they've made to it, they've made it pretty easy. Just go, go to the show, scroll past the first few episodes, and you should see a little spot on there that allows you to leave a review. So leave a review. Tell us what you're thinking about the show. We love to hear from you guys. Um, and uh, and Sangram, uh, again, thanks for, thanks for being a part of this today and, and looking forward to doing this again next week. Fantastic, man. Can't wait. Flip My Funnel is on a mission to build the largest and most engaged community of B2B professionals in the world. Join the movement at flipmyfunnel.com. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.